How many are glad you've got something under the blood tonight? Amen. Amen. I know I am. Praise the Lord. Grew up in a preacher's home, Christian school, Bible college. The blood is very necessary for me. Yeah. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians chapter three. I think we're going to read a lengthy portion tonight. I want us to get the context of what we're speaking of tonight. Really, we're going to be speaking of part of chapter three and part of chapter four. But let's just read. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, and let's begin reading at verse 4. Please stand with me for the reading of the word of God. All right, now I'll turn the microphone on like you told me to. That was my fault. I didn't understand what was going on when that thing was beeping up there. <clears throat> In Ghana, they just say, Pastor, hey, <laughs> stop. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 4, and such trust have we, through Christ to God word, not that our, we are sufficient of ourselves. That's something we all need to learn. To think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. We also, ha who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory." For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that it excelleth. In other words, it didn't really have that much glory because there's another glory that's going to exceed it greatly. Verse 11. For if that which is done away is was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day there remaineth, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it, that is Israel, shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is that Spirit. Talking about the Spirit of ministration here. Now, the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Tonight, we want to talk again about looking for a city. Looking for a city. What the eyes of faith see that look for a city. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for liberty and freedom in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray tonight that you would help us to see and understand and apply to our lives the truth of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 4. That, Father, <coughs> there was some great glory in the Old Testament days. But it was meant that we, who are ministers of the Spirit, would understand a far greater glory in the New Testament. Forgive us, Father, for we often look to the Old Testament as though God did great wonders and great things then, but it is your plan to do greater wonders and greater things now. Forgive us for our lack of faith, and Father, I pray that you would open our eyes tonight that we might behold wondrous things out of thy law. I pray that thy law would be our meditation day and night. And Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I bind the spirit of pride, the spirit of complacency. And Lord, any foe that would seek to disarm our minds against the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God would move in our hearts tonight, that you would mold us and make us and change us into the image of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We, said, we talked this morning about Abraham, who had the eyes of faith. And through those eyes of faith, he looked for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. We saw, that the, that we saw in Revelations the fulfillment of that faith. We saw that Abraham's children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and there's a whole lot more down to today, but those specifically, the great-grandchildren, their names are written on that city. It wasn't something that Abraham hoped would happen. It was something that Abraham knew would happen because he had eyes of faith. And we said that the future of our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren depends on us having the eyes of faith. It depends on us having eyes of faith to be willing to sojourn in a strange land, to, to hear the calling of you. Say, eyes of faith to hear. My friend, always eyes to see and ears to hear go together. One doesn't go without the other. If we have eyes to see, we will have ears to hear. And Abraham had spiritual eyes to see, so he heard the calling of God. He stepped out, not knowing where he would go, but knowing that God had given him a promise. He sojourned in a strange land. I heard some of you really enjoyed my southern accent this morning. I learned a little bit of the southern accent when I was a kid. I had, I had cousins that were in, from Georgia. And my cousin would say, Uncle Paul? Uncle Paul? Hey, Cousin Michael? <laughs> in fact, one of my things I remember all the time, Anna, about Papa, was that he would say, Michael, how you doing? <laughs> I love hearing Papa say my name. Anyway, let's move on. I did better this morning. Amen. We come to 2 Corinthians chapter 
3 and 4. And we closed this morning with chapter 4 and verse 18. And let's read that again and we'll come back to it again. Chapter 4, verse 18. While, let, let, let's, look, let's read verse 16. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. We said this morning that if we're going to see those things that aren't seen, it means human eyes is not going to work, but we, rather we have to have spiritual eyes. And then he says, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want to use this passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4 tonight, and I want to just give us a few points about what, if we have eyes of faith, how our eyes of faith are able to see things differently than the average person around us. And we can use these as an idea to show ourselves or to ask ourselves the question, do I have eyes of faith? Do I see things as God sees them, as a man that should be filled with the Spirit would see them, or do I see them through physical eyes which sees the temporal? Number one, I see in verse five, chapter 3 and verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. The first question I ask myself tonight, when I ask myself, do I have eyes of faith as Abraham had, I ask myself, am I self-sufficient? Or am I self-reliant? Or am I God-reliant? Is my sufficiency in my character? I'm not against character. Character is a wonderful thing. But I find in America, a land, especially some years ago, that had a lot of good character, there was a lot of self-sufficiency through character. Is my sufficiency through my personality? Is my sufficiency through my knowledge academic knowledge maybe, or knowledge of the temporal things of this world. The Bible says that he that is considered wise among you, he that is wise in this world, let him become a fool. Are we sufficient of ourselves? One who has spiritual eyes quickly realizes that if we want to see the things that are not seen, we must quit relying upon ourselves and stop being self-sufficient and be God-reliant. We can accomplish a lot in this world in the eyes of man through the works of the flesh. I will be the first to tell you that I've done a lot of good things in the name of my Savior but in my own power. And I'm afraid when I stand before God that those self-sufficient works are going to be wood and hay and stubble. And they're going to burn. But may God cleanse us 
from being sufficient of ourselves and make us reliant upon Him. And when we are reliant upon Him, He does the works. And the works that He does are, are gold and silver and precious stone. And they will not burn because it's not of ourselves. It is nothing we can do, but it's the power and the strength and the knowledge and the wisdom of Almighty God in our lives. Spiritual eyes see that our sufficiency must be of God. Number two, spiritual eyes are eyes of liberty. Spiritual eyes are eyes of liberty. I won't go into a deep theological discussion tonight. I think it was it's probably uh, long, long, many months ago now that I, we talked about on, a, on a, I think it was a Wednesday night when I spoke, maybe a Sunday night when I spoke, about the perfect law of liberty. And that we can't just take a verse in the Bible about liberty and use that for a doctrine, but we have to talk about every verse in the Bible about liberty. And we find out that God's liberty is not for me to live as I want to live, but God's liberty is liberty to serve Jesus free from self and Satan and sin. I'm at liberty to follow the path of my Savior Jesus Christ because I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, not just for an eternity, but for right now. My soul has been redeemed. I have been as 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 uh, as Jesus said to Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He was not talking about eternal conversion there. He was talking about the conversion of a soul that the mind, the will, the emotion, the affections, the memories had been damaged, had been broken, had been bruised. And Jesus Christ let him go all the way down. And then he picked him back up and he said, Hey, your soul has been converted. Peter, you are no longer self-sufficient. You are God-reliant. Get up and preach Pentecost in the power of the Spirit of Almighty God. Eyes of liberty, where Peter was, did not have to fall, fall to, the, to, the, to the ideas of man, but rather follow Jesus Christ when he, as a Jew, among one of the twelve apostles, went to the Gentiles and said, I'll eat whatever they eat because I'm not under that Old Testament law. I'm redeemed. I am, I am born again. And as long as my liberty is used for, for Jesus Christ, I am still under the law of Christ, but I am free from that condemnation which keeps me witnessing to the lost around. If they put pork in front of me, I can eat it. I can be, as Paul said, all things to all men that I might win some, but not without law unto Christ. That is where we often get off on liberty. We are not without law unto Christ. The eyes of liberty. But what do the eyes of liberty see? So if we have, we have eyes of faith, it means we have eyes of liberty. But what does that mean? Verse 18 of chapter 3 says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. Liberty is the freedom 
to be changed to the image of Jesus Christ. Liberty is freedom from self and Satan and sin that I might become like Jesus Christ. And those who have eyes of faith to see, what do they see? The image of Jesus Christ. It says they are changed from glory to glory. The reason why so often in our lives we have stopped being changed or we've never been changed to be like Jesus is because we don't have eyes to see the glory of his image. Our eyes must see. David prayed, open thou mine eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. If David, the great man of God, had to pray and ask God to open his eyes, spiritual eyes, that he might see, you and I today should often get on our knees and say, God, open mine eyes and let me see the image of God that I might change myself to become more like the image of Jesus Christ. May your spirit conform me to the image of Jesus Christ as I look through the law of liberty and the law of liberty allows me to be transformed, to be changed into the image of Jesus Christ. Liberates me from Satan and self and sin. Number three, the eyes of faith are eyes to see the ministry of the Spirit. Eyes of faith are eyes to see the ministry of the Spirit. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing. That's interesting, isn't it? Therefore, seeing. We have this ministry. What's that ministry? The ministry of the Spirit. Verse chapter 3. As we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. That means the openness, made, the truth is made plain and open, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Eyes to see that can look for a city are eyes that see the ministry of the Spirit of God. What does that mean? As we begin to see the Spirit of God move, it means that we can see what God is doing around us spiritually. But to the average eye, what to the average eye is not seen? We are looking through God's eyes not man's eyes. And when we see that, verse 2, we naturally renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. You know, each of us in our own lives have had times or places, I believe, where we've been dishonest with ourselves, and we've been dishonest with others, and we've been dishonest with God. We have worked with craftiness 
to deceive ourselves. We have worked with craftiness to deceive others. We've worked with craftiness to deceive God, or we think. And we handle the Word of God deceitfully, meaning that rather than being changed to what God says, we try to change the Word of God to what we say. I read a Bible teacher one time in study, and he said, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. Because of our hard hearts, we can deceitfully mold the Word of God to agree with us. But as we have eyes to see the ministry of the Spirit of God, God's Spirit will begin to change us and become, we will become free from ourselves. And in that becoming free from ourselves, we will begin to put away, to renounce those hidden things of dishonesty. We will begin to be honest with ourselves. We will begin to be honest with others and will be honest with God. I don't have, this is a whole other sermon, but it's, 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 it's important to put this context here. You know, we know that there is revival or repentance in our lives when, as we see in the example of John the Baptist and Paul, there was confession. Those that came to John came believing in Jesus. That's very obvious. I believe it's Acts chapter 20 tells us that. that that's what John was preaching. But the immediate result of that was they confessed their sins. The Pharisees came and John rebuked them and said, hey, show fruit, meat for repentance. Why? Why did he say that? You see, others were coming confessing their sins, and the Pharisees had no sin in their eyes. And he said, show me some fruit. <laughs> show me some fruit. I know there's some problem. I know, I know, that, I know that there's something there. I know that there, you can't be this perfect, holy person that has no sin. So show me some fruit of that repentance. There was no repentance because they thought they were good enough. They didn't need it. But when we have eyes to see, the spiritual eyes begin to see God's ministering of God's Spirit, that Spirit with us begins to cause us to stop hiding in dishonesty and walking in craftiness and handling the Word of God deceitfully for our own benefit. Number four, the eyes of faith see the power of God. The eyes of faith see the power of God. Chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure. I believe that is the Spirit of God. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of man. 
One of the questions I should ask myself tonight, if I want to know, do I have eyes of faith as Abraham saw? Am I looking for the city as Abraham was looking for the city? I ask myself the question, when I see people, do I see earthen vessels or do I see the treasure in the earthen vessel? That is not to say that in each vessel on this earth that there is the power of God manifested or that God is moving in that individual, but for certain as we walk with brothers and sisters in Christ, God's spirit in the church is going to use us for different purposes, for different reasons, by His divine providence, by His divine sovereign will, and we will see in human vessels, earthen vessels, the power of God manifested for the work of God. But if we don't see it, then we should say to ourselves, ask, do I have eyes of faith? Can I see what God is doing? I won't give any names tonight, but there are different people in this auditorium tonight that have come to me at different periods of when God was working in my life in a particular area without any knowledge of what God is doing, without any knowledge of the direction God was giving me. They've come to me and told me things that is exactly as God had already told me. And what that tells me is there's a treasure in an earthen vessel. But God chooses to leave us in the earthen vessel that the power and the glory may be of God and not of man. If God removed our human tendencies in these earthen vessels, man would be far too lifted up. Man would receive the glory. Man would receive the honor. I think of the Apostle Paul who said, I have the abundance of the revelations given unto me, but lest I should be exalted above, me above measure, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. You know what that means? That there was power in an earthen vessel, but God left a big part of humanity in the earthen vessel so people wouldn't say, oh, look at Paul, oh, wonderful Paul. But they would say, you know what, there is something weird or funny or strange about that man and we can't understand why or how God is using him, but all we know is that God is using that man. I think of the verse where the Bible says, and I, this verse just slammed me in the face when I read it about a year or so ago. Paul said, I was with you in fear. I said, what? This is the same Paul that said to Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But Paul had a messenger of Satan. I don't believe uh, that that only thing that was wrong with Paul was some physical limitation. If we study it carefully, we understand spiritual warfare, we understand that a messenger of Satan is a demonic power that probably made Paul afraid and made him cower in front of the people because he said, they say that he is weak in presence, but strong in words. 
You know what God was doing? He's saying, hey, I'm going to give you a man. I'm going to send you a man, Paul, to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Galatia, to the church at Philippi, to the church at Rome. And we can go on and on to the Thessalonica and, and Crete. And I'm going to send you a man. And the power of God is going to be on him. But you may not see all that power because he's an earthen vessel. And I want my name to be lifted up. But if you have spiritual eyes to see, you will see what God is doing through that man and the fruit of that man, that he is a prophet of God, he's a man of God, and you will glorify God for what he's doing. My friend, as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, let us have spiritual eyes to see the treasure in the earthen vessel. the power and the glory may be of God and not of man. Is that what we see? God has given gifts in this church. and He's given us a body. And that body's goal is to function together to do the work of God. Let's not look at the earthen vessel. Let's look at the power of God. And God using individuals with the gift that he gave them to do his work. That's the eyes of faith. Number five, the eyes of faith see the eternal. The eyes of faith see the eternal. We will close with what we began with, chapter 4 and verse 18. But we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That just stacks upon what we just said. When we look at the earthen vessels, are we looking at that which is seen or that which is not seen? I think I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again. I won't give all the details. A lot of people probably think I'm crazy or will, but I met a man in Ghana. God had given me direction from the Word of God. And that man, a few days later, gave me the exact direction again. What I mean is, God had spoken to me in my time with Him and showed me some scriptures, and I said, God, I don't know if I can do that. God, I don't know if I want to do that. God, I'm willing to do it, but I want to know that this is exactly what you want from me. And just about two days later, a man who I had met before and I also had known before to speak God to, to, to me from God came to me, and as he walked to me, he quoted the same exact verses to me. My friend, if you saw and looked upon the earthen vessel, you would believe none of it. I remember many times, my wife knows this story well, 
In fact, one time I was really discouraged. I was really down. I was really weary. And I, it was Sunday afternoon. We had had a long Sunday. And I, Sunday afternoon I was weary. And, and, and my wife prayed that day. She said, God, please send somebody something to encourage my husband. And I went out that afternoon to get a popo, a papaya. I don't know if you know what that is, but off the tree outside the house. And when I went to get it, I turned around and there was that man. Long story short, God sent him that day to encourage me. But I remember one particular time that the man was talking to me and the thoughts went through my head. How in the world can this be from God? Because I was looking at the earthen vessel. You know what? As soon as I said that, as I know it's a little weird, the man looked at me and said, you have to have faith to see. You know, I go back to the Old Testament. And we often think that when God said, the Bible says the Lord came to so-and-so or the angel of the Lord came to so-and-so, we picture this being with wings and the bright glory, and sometimes it was, but many times the Bible says he talked with a man. The Bible tells the New Testament, be careful to entertain strangers. Because sometimes they're angels. We often look at the Old Testament as though it was some clear, easy revelation that, oh, this guy was from God, so whatever he says is true. No, they had to have faith to believe that that message was from God. And you and I do today also. And so if we have eyes looking for a city, we have eyes of faith to see, we cannot look at the temporal, at that which can be seen by the physical eye. We have to look through God's eyes, that which can see the future, and see the spiritual things. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. And I will clarify this as I close I began to wonder, after a few meetings with this man, I began to say, this is weird. You know, this is something different. I, I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. And the Word of God, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, try the spirits to see whether they be of God. And Paul tells us, or the Bible tells us, how we can try the spirits if they confess that Jesus Christ is coming to and instantly, it came back to me. That every time that man came to me with a message, he always said, you know who Jesus is, don't you? He's the Son of God. He is God. And it shocked me because I realized, I, the first time I met him, I told my wife, I met this guy today, and he does not think like the average person here. He actually told me that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. Instead of, works instead of it was shocked me all that to say maybe i've shared too much tonight but all that to say simply this what eyes do we see what eyes are we looking with human eyes focused on the temporal or can we ask god to open our eyes that we might see the eternal 
And as we see the eternal, we might see liberty to be freed from self and Satan and sin to become changed to the image of Jesus Christ. We might see our self-sufficiency and turn and become God-reliant. We might see the ministry of the Spirit and renounce the hidden things of dishonesty in our life. We might see the power of God manifested through the people of God rather than the earthen vessels. We might see the eternal rather than the temporal. If we look at Abraham's life, we find out that Abraham saw through the eyes of God. If God wills, next Sunday morning we want to talk about eyes to see who we are, where we are from, and who our Father is. Looking for a city. Heavenly Father, I hope and pray that I have only given that which you asked me to give, Father.